uh, so 15 years ago. Becky and I were in one of those, those seasons in life that I think probably most of us go through from time to time. One of those seasons where you're kind of, you, you, you just kind of feel like you're at a crossroads, like there's, there's a, a transition that's coming. And uh, I, at the time, was, was pastoring a church, an associate pastor in a church up in northern Canada. And we just kind of sensed like there was a change coming. And uh, however, we didn't have any idea what that change was going to be. And uh, I don't have these kinds of seasons very often, but when they do come along, they really throw me for a loop. And uh, maybe you've been here before, you kind of sense like there's a big transition coming, but you don't know what that is. And, and uh, I don't do well in those seasons. They're very unsettling. I just don't like knowing that something big is coming, but not knowing what that is. And so I did what I usually do in those types of seasons and situations. I packed up my camping gear and headed off into the wilderness um, where I could find some space, declutter my mind, declutter my soul, and just hopefully hear from God on what to do next. And at one point in my little getaway, I remember it very clearly, I was sitting there on the edge of Harrison Lake up in, up in BC, and uh, as I was sitting there, I, I felt like God said to me, Rich, this is what I want you to do. What I want you to do is, is just begin, but pull out your journal and write down the desires of your heart. Rich, what is it that you really, what do you want in life? And I felt like he even said, Rich, where do you want, what kind of place do you want to live in? And so as I sat there on the edge of this lake in the middle of the wilderness, I, I whipped out my journal, started to write, describing what my ideal place would be to live in. And I want to read to you just some of the things that I wrote down 15 years ago. Um, these are actual quotes, exact quotes from my journal. As I'm describing the place, that, but my ideal place to live. I put down uh, a warmer climate with four seasons. I was living up in northern BC at this time, so it was like freezing cold. Uh, I wrote down, within driving distance of crystal clear lakes, mountains, and heavily forested pristine wilderness. I put down, within driving distance of the ocean, and then close to all my favorite pro sports teams. So my, some of my favorite teams are the Vancouver Canucks, Seattle Seahawks, and the Mariners. Does this happen to sound like any particular city that you know of? <laughs> There's probably not another city on the planet that fits the description of this city like Ferndale does. And when I wrote that down, I'd actually never heard of Ferndale. I was living in Canada, had no desire whatsoever to, to move to, from Canada to America. And, and four years after I wrote that down, me and my family were crossing the border to America to live here in Ferndale, and, and we pulled up in our new house up on Vista Ridge and settled down here in this city. And when we moved, um, I actually completely forgotten that I wrote, wrote that down, and it wasn't until two or three years after we'd been in Ferndale, and we were just going through a really kind of trying season and just some hard stuff going on in life, and, and I remembered that I wrote some stuff down in my journal two years earlier. I pulled it out, and as I, as I read the description, in that moment, I heard that still small voice again saying, See, Rich, I have things covered. I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. And by the way, Rich, this city that you're in, I have called you to this city. You're made for it. It's made for you. And, and out of that, God just began to really shape in me a love for, for this city. And today's sermon is, is titled, A Heart for the City. A Heart for the City. And, and we're going to look at what it means to not, not only to live in your city, but what does it look like for you to love 
your city. And in Ferndale, probably more than, than, than most places in Whatcom County, we, we kind of get what it's like to live in the city and not feel particularly connected to the city. You know, we're called a bedroom community after all. A bedroom community is, is considered to be a, a community where people simply lay their heads in because it's maybe less expensive to live in. And meanwhile, they go off most of the week, spend their time at their jobs in Bellingham, a bedroom community. And then, then, then there are those who have lived here for years. You call this place home, but your relationship to the city is kind of like the relationship that you might have to a grumpy next-door neighbor. You'd rather not live next to them, rather not live in the place that you live, but it's all you've known, it's all you can afford, moving's too much work, and so this is what you have, so you're just going to kind of grin and bear it. You live in the city, but you sure wouldn't categorize yourself as someone who loves the city. And as we head into the fall season, a season where there are, are more opportunities to really get attached to our city, I believe that God wants to put something in our hearts for our city. I really believe that. In fact, I believe that right now, this morning, or if you're watching this later on in the week online, that God wants to work through this time to put something in you that maybe you've never had, or maybe you had at one time, but just kind of diminished over the years. I believe He wants to give us a love for and a heart for our city. And so in a second, we're going to be concluding our series by reading Psalm 122. But before I do that, I just want to, just want to say a couple things, um, just to kind of clarify a few things. Um, first, I know that for some, when you think city, the first thing that you think of is a sprawling urban center with skyscrapers and a big tangled mess of freeways and all that kind of stuff. Um, you might consider Ferndale to be more of a town than a city, but we're going to be saying city because... We call it not the town of Ferndale, we call it the city of Ferndale, so I'm just going with that. And the second thing is I know that there are some that are, are, are watching or listening who don't necessarily live in Ferndale. In fact, even in this room, I know that there are those that live in Linden. Um, some of you live um, in Bellingham, other parts of, of the county, even some maybe watching online that live in other parts of the world. And um, so I'm going to be, though, talking about Ferndale because that's where our church is, that's, that, that's the city that we are primarily called to as a church. But of course, wherever you live, um, wherever it is that you sleep, whatever city, town, village, whatever that you call home, just put your city kind of in the line. We're talking about Ferndale. And because and, uh, I believe that God has you there for a reason, and God wants to, to work in your life, through your life, for the sake of your city. And so today we're going to be reading um, all of Psalm 122. And let me just tell you a little bit about this psalm before we read it. First of all, it's written by King David. King David wrote, he, he, he was the, 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 the primary writer of the psalms. It was written by a bunch of different people, but David is by far the guy that wrote m the, the most psalms. Um, this psalm is also part of a group of psalms called the Songs of Ascent. And there are a couple possible reasons why they're called that, but from the text, I think the one that makes the most sense is that they're called the Songs of Ascent because when pilgrims would go to Jerusalem for festivals and feasts and all those kinds of things that they would have as part of their tradition, they would literally have to ascend up into Jerusalem because Jerusalem was built on a hill, surrounded by hills. And so songs were written for these pilgrims to sing as they were going to Jerusalem for festivals and festivities and all that kind of stuff. And you'll, you'll see from the words of the psalm that for David, who lived 
in the city and called Jerusalem his home, that Jerusalem just wasn't any old city. To David, he had a heart for the city. And listen to what he writes. He says this. This is Psalm 122, verse 1, if you want to follow along. He says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And now here we are standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord as the law requires of Israel. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, get this line, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. David clearly has a heart for his city. And from his heart, we learn what it means to have a heart for your city. For one thing, you enjoy and you appreciate your city. You know, David says things like, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Now here we are standing inside the gates. It's almost like he's crossed over the city lines and he's, he's maybe been outside the city limits. And as he comes inside the city, city limits, it's just like he's, he's, he's overjoyed that he's there in his, his city. Not just because he knows that God is there, but because he enjoys and appreciates his city. He admires how the city is built. He admires the walls. And he's talking about the pilgrims that come there and all the tribes that, that are gathered there. He admires the, how it's a place where the king's throne stands. Last week we read from, from Psalm 137, and it's another place in the Psalms where another writer describes their love for the city of Jerusalem. And the heart for the city is, is even more clear. The writer says this. They say, May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. I mean, just flop that out for Ferndale or whatever city that is that you live in. If, if I do not consider Ferndale my highest joy, may my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I don't remember you. I don't know what it's like to have your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth, but it can't be a lot of fun. But they're, they're saying, I, let, let my city be my highest joy. Having a heart for your city means that you enjoy the place where you live, you delight in it, you appreciate um, your city, you appreciate all that makes it unique, you see the good in your city. And the opposite of this is to do what? It's to only see the bad of your city. And by the way, every city has their good, and every city also has they're bad, but if all you see is the bad in your city, you know, the water's hard, it's wrecking my pipes, the traffic in the town is horrible, my street hasn't been paved in decades, our Facebook page is toxic, um, on and on and on we could go, housing costs are going too high, there's nothing to do, we have to travel to Bellingham for everything, on and on and on and on and on and on and on you could go. <laughs> I've lived in 10 different towns and cities in my life. I've lived in the scorching hot desert. I've lived in little rain-soaked logging towns. I've lived in a town, probably a better way to call it would be a village. 
of 600 people that was completely isolated from the rest of humanity. I've lived in the suburbs of Vancouver, BC. I live practically on the border of the Arctic Circle where it's minus 40 degrees for at least a week every year and snow on the ground for four to five months. And you know what I've found in life? I've found that if you look for the bad all the time, guess what? You're going to find the bad. But if you look for the good, you will find the good. And no matter where you live, there is good to be found. There, there is a beauty in both the land and a beauty in, in the people for you to love. You just have to look for it. You have to have the eyes to see it. Fern, Ferndale is by far the longest that I've ever lived anywhere in my life. Um, before Ferndale, the longest I lived anywhere was eight, was eight and a half years. And as of this month, I'll have lived in Ferndale for 12 years. And, uh, yeah, and Becky and I were actually just talking about how when we moved here, the kindergarten class is now the graduating class. Kind of puts it in perspective a little bit. And let me tell you, there's no other place that I'd rather live. I love, I love this city. I love that Cherry Point is in our backyard. I love the way the trees hang over the trails at Hovander Park. I love the way the boardwalk meanders through the marsh at Tennant Lake. I love big breakfast at Cedars. I love walking into JR's card shop and be able to talk all things sports cards with a guy that just really knows his stuff. I love that both of our big, our two big local football celebrities are the most down-to-earth guys you'll ever meet who happen to have everything that you could ever want out there and decided, no, we're going to come down, come back, and put our roots here in this city. I love that in 75 minutes, I can be parking my truck at one of the best ski hills in the country. I, I love our city's growing ethnic diversity. I love Lux Thai. I love the friendly staff at Chihuahuas. I love having an ice cream shop with some of the best ice cream in the world. I love, I love that the Metallica Bridge is a thing. <laughs> I, love, I love the Lummi people and the rich history they bring. I love the, 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 the love they have for our land and the city. I love me some barbs, pies, and pastries. And if you, if you have not had a maple bar from barbs, pies, and pastries, God help your soul. But I could go on and on and on and on. Even just on the way here this morning, driving in, I was just knowing that this is where I was going. I was just like, hey, what, what, what else do I love about this city? I love that we're getting a brand new way overdue high school. I, 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 there's, there's so much that I love about the, the city of Ferndale. How about you? What do you enjoy and appreciate about your city? Stop looking, but we love Bellingham too. Stop looking for all the bad, begin looking for the good. Did you hear me? Stop looking for the, all the bad and start looking for all the good. And it will grow within you a love and an appreciation for your city. Something else that we learn from David is that having a heart for your city, it, it means that you know your city. And David, I mean, you read this psalm here, and he, he clearly knows his city. He knows how the, the walls are, are, are well built. He knows about the strength of the walls. He knows about all the different tribes that come into the city. He knows about the, the government and the leadership of the city, of course, more than others because he was the king. But, but he knows his city. How, how well do you know your city? How well do you know your city? Do you know that as a resident of Ferndale, you're officially a, a, a Ferndalian? 
or a Ferndaler. Do you know that? Uh, hopefully you know that our mayor is Greg Hansen. You need to know that because you need to be praying for him according to Scripture. Um, do you know that our population is just over 15,000? Um, do you know that, that, uh, that whether or not that's something to brag about has been a source of much debate? Um, did you know that 25% of our population is under the age of 18, which is why children and youth needs to be a big priority of this church if we're serious about reaching our city? Or, or that ethnicity-wise, we're 76% white, 12% Hispanic or Latino, 5%, 5% Asian, and 3% Native American? Did you know that 12% of Ferndalians were born outside of America? That's a big number, 12%. Uh, people who live in our city are, were born outside of America. Or that 28% have a college degree or higher. Did you know that the median household income is $80,000? Um, and that 68% of our city is white collar, with the rest being blue collar? Did you know that 12% of our city is in poverty? That's a big number. 12% of our city is in poverty. Did you know that 61% voted Democrat, 37% voted Republican in 2020, and that the last time a Republican received the, the most vote in Ferndale was, was 20 years ago? Do you know that the big happenings of our city are things like the Street Festival and Pioneer Days and all that kind of stuff? Do you know that, that Ferndale has somewhat of a bad name with our Lummi neighbors because of all the discrimination that has happened over the years? Did you know that? And here's a stat that we all need to let sink in deep. And, and this is based off of Whatcom County statistics, but it's pretty well arguably the same for, for Ferndale. Did you know that 71% of our city consider themselves a religious nun, meaning no religion? 71%. Which means in a, a town, a city, in a city of 15,000 people, that's over 10,000 people who don't know Jesus. 10,000. Do you know your city? You can't have a heart for a place if you don't know it. Get to know your city. Now, obviously, you don't need to know every statistics and every piece of data out there on our city. You don't need to attend every city council meeting and know every single one of our, our, our city officials by, by name, all that kind of stuff. But you do need to have a finger on the pulse of our city so you at least know how you can be praying. You need to know your city. Next, we see from David that having a heart for your city means you have a vision for your city. Listen to what David writes. He says, he says, Here stands the throne, the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Now, what does that verse have to do about vision? You might say, well, well, well get this. So David is talking about the dynasties of David. And I don't know about you, but whenever I, I hear talk about dynasties, whether it's in basketball or football or whatever, you don't really start talking about dynasties until it's been like four or five, six different champions in a row, or, you know, you, you just have a long dynasty of kings and, and, and queens or whatever. Um, you don't really start talking about dynasties until there's been a lot of you. David is the first guy in his family to be king. And yet here he is talking about how Jerusalem is going to be the city where the dynasties of David have their, their throne. Now, was David just being totally presumptuous here? I don't think so. I think what David has here is he has a vision for his city. It was going to be a city where the thrones of his family would be set up. He wasn't planning on going anywhere, anytime soon. 
This was his city. Do you have a vision for your city? Do you carry within you hope for your city? Or do you see your city as just, man, the the best days are behind us. It's just like we're going to hell in a handbasket from here on out. What kind of vision do you have for your city? I would encourage you to be someone that has hope for your city. You see better days are yet to come for, for our city. You go, okay, the, what happened back there? Yeah, there's some good stuff that happened back there, but the best days are yet to come for the city. You have hope. You have vision for your city. Next thing from David that we see is that having a heart for your city means you speak blessing over your city. You speak blessing over your city. I'll say that one more time. You speak blessing over your city. David speaks blessing over he, he, he says, may all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, O Ferndale, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. I don't know if we have any palaces, but you get the point. That's blessing. May all who love Ferndale prosper. May there be peace here. May there be prosperity here. That is speaking. That's what it means to speak blessing over your city. That's how we should be framing our conversations about the city. But to be honest... I hear a lot of the opposite. I hear a lot of the opposite. I very rarely will drop in on the Ferndale Neighbors Facebook page these days for a very specific reason. It's not even because I don't have time. I'm actually, I'm on Facebook, all that kind of stuff. But it's because it's, it tends to be, at least last time I was really on there, filled with negativity. Complaining about roads, complaining about schools, Complaining about a package that was delivered upside down. Complaining about how their neighbors water their lawns. Or complaining about the water. I mean, on and on and on and on and on it goes. Proverbs 18.21 says this. It says, the tongue, that little thing in your mouth, it has the power of life and death. Your tongue has power. You ever thought about your tongue having power? According to Scripture, your tongue has power. And what comes out of your mouth, it it means something. It has the power to build up or tear down, to bring life or to bring destruction. It's like this if you're a parent. You, You can either be speaking blessing over your kids and building them up, encouraging them, or you can be speaking the opposite, tearing them down, same thing in a marriage. You can either go on complaining on and on and on about your, 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 your husband or your wife. That's, that's wielding your tongue, the power of your tongue to bring death. Or you can, you, you can wield the power of your tongue to bring life and to encourage and to build up your spouse. And it's the exact same thing on a community level when it comes to how we speak about our city. Church, why not be the people that are leading the way in the way that we speak blessing and we speak life over our city. Now, am I saying that we just ignore the problems? You know, just pretend like it's all rosy and hunky-dory when it's not? No. Of course I'm not saying that. We're, we're, we are always working to improve things, but there, there is a way, there's a way to address issues in a way that is constructive and not destructive. Most of the time, when you address an issue on a social media platform, it tends to be destructive. Just a little FYI. Speak life over your city. 
Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. This might be the most important point out of this sermon this morning. Let's be people that speak life over our city. And then, then you seek the best for your city. David emphatically declares, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Can you say that about your city? Can you say that about Ferndale? Ferndale, I will seek what is best for you. I will seek what's best for you. This is where your heart and your words, so you, you can have the right heart, and you can even be saying the right things about your city, but, but this is where your heart and your words shift into action. This is where you go from, from just thinking it to getting out there, and you make a tangible difference in your city. And, and you put actions to your words. Well, and, and how can you do this? Well, there's actually a thousand different ways that you can begin to seek what is best for your city in tangible ways. Lots of ideas. I mean, just begin to love your neighbors, as in the, 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 the literal neighbors that live beside you, the house or the apartment, whatever that may be, you begin to love the neighbors that are around you in some tangible ways. You make kindness part of who you are. You tip. You show gratitude. You show kindness on the road. You look for ways to make someone else's day better. Or you just become a little bit more engaged wherever you are in the city. So maybe you're a parent, and rather than just go and drop your kids off at school, you look for ways to become engaged in your school, um, in your workplace. You look for how you can be that person that doesn't just pop in, you know, you, you, you swipe the time card or whatever, and then you just do your bare minimum, and then you leave. No, you're the person that goes in there, and you're a blessing in your workplace. You go above and beyond. You're that person that brings in those, those maple bars in the morning and just blesses people and makes their day better. You find places in your city where you can volunteer, food bank. Find a committee to get involved in. There's, there are so many committees in our city that you could get involved in. I mean, if you want to get involved, just call City Hall and say, hey, I'd like to get involved on a committee. And they'll go, oh, I got like 10 for you right now. There's a lot. Have a conversation with a stranger at the gym or at the grocery store, wherever you're at. Help build this city. Help build this city. For all of you that are teenagers, you don't just show up to school and do the bare minimum to get by. No, you go to your school knowing that your school is a part of the city and, and seeking the best for your city means seeking the best for your school. And, and you go there to be a light. You go there to look for the kid that doesn't have anybody, any friends. And you're, you go and you talk with them, and you, you be a blessing to them. You help your teachers by actually doing your schoolwork. But you, you go after your city. You want the best for your city. You build it. You take ownership in it. You, you, you actively invest in who this city is and in what this city is becoming. Jesus, who's our supreme example of everything in life, he shows us not only what it's like to have a heart for, for humanity as a whole and what it means to love people in general, but he also shows us what, it, what it's like to live with a heart for the city. And like David, Jesus had a particular love and, and passion for the city of, of Jerusalem. And one time, as Jesus is arriving in the city, who knows, maybe him and his, his disciples are singing one of these songs of ascent. I mean, maybe they were even singing this, this song, Psalm 122, that we just read. And as Jesus is, is approaching, ascending the hill up into Jerusalem, he has a moment where he's just overcome with emotion for his city. And the Bible says in Luke 19.41, it says, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. 
And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. He was broken for that city. And ultimately, having a heart for your city, it's about moving from indifference over the state of people's souls to caring and having a passion and wanting to do something about the state of people's souls. You, you want to see God set people free. You want people to know the life that you've found in Jesus. You want marriages to be made whole. You, you want teenagers, you want your classmates to know freedom from, from depression and fear and all that stuff that teenagers are dealing with today. That's having a heart for our city. And we're in a season where things are shifting in so many ways. I mean, things are changing so fast. And maybe, just maybe in the middle of all that, one of the shifts that God wants to bring to your heart, to our hearts, is giving us a heart for our city. What would it take? I've got a question for all of us this morning. What would it take for God to break your heart for, for this city? What would, what would it take? You've been doing our Bible reading plan this week. We've been reading, doing a plan called Dangerous Prayers. And one of the prayers that's a dangerous prayer is God, break me. God, break me. And maybe you go, God, I don't really have a heart for my city. In fact, in fact maybe for you, you're going, if I'm actually one of those people that's a little bit upset about my city. And I, and I just, all I can think about is I just complain, complain, complain. And, and, and to me, the grass is just always greener on the other side of the fence. I can't stop thinking about how I just would way rather be someplace else. And you go, God, that's me. God, break my heart for this city. God, I don't want to be like that. I want to be that person that as long as I'm here, I'm going to have a, a love and a passion for the city. But God, I need your help. God, break my heart for this city. What would it take? For God to break your heart for your city. I mean, I'm talking like, what would it take for, for, you, for God to break your heart to the point where you're like Jesus, and as you think about where your city's at, you're like overcome with emotion. You know, when's the last time that you, you're so broken for your city that you wept for your city? What would it take for God to break your heart for your city? Maybe it's repenting of your attitude. Maybe it's saying, God, I'm sorry for the way I've just been all about complaining. Maybe it's going, God, I've just been hopeless. I've been frustrated. All I can see is the bad, not the good. What would it take for God to break your heart for our city? God is calling us today. Not only us as, as individuals, but God is calling us as a church to have a heart for our city. God forbid that we ever get so caught up in our thing that we lose a heart for our city. We have to be about our city. We have to have a, a heart for, for that weary, money-driven, white-collar professional that's just struggling with the purposes of pur the meaninglessness of it all. We have to have a heart for that teenager that's just drowning in depression and loneliness and just confused. We have to have a heart for the immigrant whose world has been completely flipped upside down. We have to have a heart for the addict, for the young families that are just struggling with how to raise their kids in a world that is shifting 
seemingly by the day. We have to have a heart for our city. And God is asking us this morning, will you, will you have a heart for your city? God's asking us, will you let me break your heart for your city? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm, God, as I read this, this picture, Lord, of you walking in, into Jerusalem and being so moved, God, being so overcome with emotion that you, you wept, God, as you looked over the city of Jerusalem. God, you had such a heart for your city. And God, if I'm honest this morning, God, I don't have that kind of heart for my city. So Lord, I pray this morning that God, you would break my heart. God, you'd break our hearts for our city. God, may we have such a passion for our city. God, may we be a people, Lord, that that is not indifferent, God, to the, the, the challenges that our neighbors and our coworkers are, are struggling with. God, may we not be a people that's indifferent to the pain and the suffering. God, may we not be a people that, that just passes people by uncaring. But God, may we be a people that, God, really cares about the people of the city. And so, Lord, I, I just want to ask Holy Spirit that that God, the work that you're doing, and God, I, I just, I know that right now you are doing a work in our hearts. God, we're just, we're seeing our city, God, in a whole new light. God, I believe that right now, Jesus, there's a work of repentance that's going on. God, for that person that has been just stuck in a place of just negativity and complaining and fear, whatever it might be, God, you're, you're changing us and you're shifting us. And, and so, God, I pray that, that, Lord, the work that you're doing in us right now would just, would, it would grow, God, into being a full-on love for our city. God, may we be people that speak blessing over our city. God, even as we see issues, God, even as we see things that maybe need to change and shift, God, may, may we do that in a way, God, that, 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 that it flows out of a love for and a heart for and a hope for our city. God, help us to be people that, that pray for the peace, God, of our city. A people that speak prosperity and blessing over our city in the same way that David did over the city of Jerusalem. God, help us to be people that, that are just gripped with a passion for our city. And Lord, I lift up, God, specifically this morning, God, you, you have placed us in Ferndale, God, for a purpose. God, this city is, is our primary calling as, as a church. And so, God, I lift up the city of Ferndale today. God, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you to pour yourself out on our city. We need you to come and move in ways, God, that, that we just, God, we can't make happen. God, you have to do it. Lord, we pray, God, that awakening would happen, that eyes would be open to who you are. God, for that person who's trying to find satisfaction, who's trying to, who, who, like that song we sang, God, they're, they're searching the world for, for meaning. They're searching the world for joy and love and all those kinds of things. God, I pray that they would, their eyes would be open to Jesus, how all of that is found in you. God, move in our city. God, in the hearts of men, women, children, teenagers, God, move in our city. Move in our city. God, I pray, Lord, that in, in the middle of a time, a day and age where things seem to be so polarized, 
God, I pray, Jesus, that, Lord, you'd bring, you, you would bring a unity, that, God, you would bring a love, that, God, you'd help the church, God, help us to step in the middle of that and be light in a way that we don't even know how to be a light. God, help us, though, to be peacemakers and, and to be people that are, are people of healing in a time of, of just incredible polarization. God, I pray for our city. Move in our city. Have your way in our city. And God, for all of us, I pray, God, that we would, we would walk out of this time that we've had together, God, with eyes that are just for our city. God, I pray for the person who's never even thought about what's good for their city. God, I pray that even as they're driving home today, that Jesus, they would see, God, this city in a whole new light. A whole new light. God, may our hearts just overflow with gratitude. May they overflow with love. And may they just overflow with your heart. God, for our city, I pray in your name, Jesus. And if you agree with me, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.